rolling highlands of Scotland to the spiritual splendor that is Augusta. Grab a seat, grab a glass, and punch your ticket to the power train. Serm, episode five. Are you excited for this Ryder Cup recap episode? What's up, Ev? I've been waiting for this recap. We had a huge weekend. It was an unbelievable weekend. So we had the great joy with the Americans taking home, taking back the Ryder Cup once and for all, but um, we lost a legend. It's true. But you know what Jack Nicholas said in his tribute to uh, Mr. Arnold Palmer today in his service that don't be sad that it's gone, be glad that it happened. And, and uh, uh, Mr. Palmer was an icon. Yeah, you know, we can cheers with some Arnold Palmers. Uh, is the cart girl here already? She is here, and I think she is only serving. Arnold Palmer's. That's true. I, I've got an Arnold Palmer plus whiskey. I don't know what you call that one. Uh, the Boo Weekly, maybe? <laughs> okay, I've got what's actually called the John Daly. Uh, yep. A little lemonade iced tea and some Kettle One. Uh, they said that there was over 4,000 Arnold Palmer served at his funeral today. Pretty cool, if you ask me. That That is awesome. So we th- this is a treat um, to be able to talk about the first Ryder Cup win in, in eight years. And we're going to put a tribute to one of the greatest sports icons um, in history, as well as the things that you all love, like, you know, our favorite new song, things to look out for. There was a couple controversies before the uh, the Ryder Cup as well, so we'll cover it all for you. It, it, you know, it's going to be great. The greatest tournament, the Ryder Cup, plus the greatest figure in the game of golf, Arnold Palmer. Let's go, Ev. Let's do this. So as we always like to start after we get a, a drink in us, let's play a quick nine, shall we? Let's play a quick nine. All right, cue the music, producers. Let's do this. Best time and or place to have a spiked Arnold Palmer, besides the par train, of course. Well, Ev, I'll be honest with you. On your patio, on your sun deck, with your feet up, on your balcony, um, after a long day. Gotta love it. All right, Ev. Tiger, Vice Captain Tiger, returns to the tournament circuit in a couple weeks. And today, Jesper Parnovic said Tiger is hitting it as good as he was 15 years ago. That's on the driving range, of course. So if Tiger happens to win this thing, win the fries open in a couple weeks, well, how would you react? What would you do? Matt, you don't even know what I would do if Tiger Woods won his first tournament back. Well, I would shave my head. I would jump into a lake. <laughs> I would rip off all my clothes. I would run around. Okay. I would play golf. You're overdoing it. I would, I don't know, I, I would know. have to take a week off work. I don't know what I would do. But we all want Tiger back in our lives. And to have the young guns facing Tiger um, at, you know, a return to his prime, it would be a dream come true. Let's do this. Okay. Um, who made a bigger impact at the 2016 Ryder Cup? We're talking vice captains here, Serm. We've got Bubba Watson or Tiger Woods? Uh, Tiger Woods. I think the players were drawn to him. Bubba is a cartoon character. Hands down. No time for him. <laughs> Ev, a harder shot for you to hit on the golf course. Your first shot in front of that gorgeous-looking cart girl as she's pulling up, or the first shot after you just shanked one right into the woods. Well, I prefer we didn't use the SH word, but I have <laughs> to answer the question. So we all know the hardest shot in golf is the first shot after a shank. Uh, the car girl doesn't know how I play, so the, her expectations are low, even though you know my outfit is letting her know that I got some game. So I'm going to say the latter, first shot after a shank, but let's not use that word. Yeah, All right. You. One word that comes to mind when you think of Mr. Palmer. Ev, there's many words, but I'm going to go with gracious. I think he was truly the man of the people. 
now don't go too nuts when I ask you this, okay? Oh, dear. Don't lose your mind, okay? But would you rather be the guy that makes the winning putt to claim your first green jacket at the Masters or take home the Ryder Cup for the Americans? Brace yourself. Oh, my dear God. This is the hardest question ever asked in the history of podcast and television. You drink, drink of your whiskey, whatever, Arnold Palmer. Right, let me Hold on. Let me take a sip of my Arnold Palmer with whiskey. Okay. All right. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm not for country and not for a team guy, but oh. we were just talking oh. earlier tonight off camera. To play Augusta National would be my biggest dream. If I played it, I could die a happy man. Um, to be a member for life and wear that green jacket, that doesn't happen very often, and I would hope that I would have many opportunities if I'm winning the Masters to play in many Ryder Cups, maybe clank uh, an Arnold Palmer with whiskey with my boy Jordan Spieth. I'm taking the Masters. Wow, and thanks for that explanation. I knew I shouldn't have thrown this into the app. Yeah, mistake. That wasn't exactly rapid fire, but let's go into the next Good one. Time, but we expect that you you want the Masters. You're all about yourself. We get yeah. it. <laughs> all right, let's do this. Um, what's the one tip or lesson you've learned, sir, from playing college golf that's had the biggest in- positive impact on your game? Um, Ev, I would say my senior year, I was working with an instructor, and he ingrained it in my head. Whatever you do, you can't miss the golf ball left. Know, know your miss. If you're a righty, know your miss. Always miss it to the right. Take one side of the golf course out of play. Life changer. Ev. That's exactly what Jack Nicholas has said. Well, you're a smart man. All right, Ev, if you could do one thing that Arnie did, what would it be? I would love to have my own tournament on the PGA Tour, but I have to say, there is nothing cooler than getting in my own plane and flying myself to my next PGA Tour event. That's a nice feeling, Ev. Yeah, incredible. All right. Last one. This is number nine. Let's get some momentum into the turn like we always like to do. We're going to both answer this one. Okay. What was Kim Kardashian thinking? She got $11 million worth of jewelry stolen in Paris this past weekend. Evan, I, I know it's on your on your mind, so tell us. I'm sure she was thinking, I'm not going back to Paris until the Ryder Cup in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. All right, Matt, your turn. Well, I think she just realized she better start selling some of those Yeezys because oh. those things have been going like hotcakes and get a great price for them. So anyways, enough with her. We had to at least get it in there, though, right? <laughs> yep. I mean, that's that's big stuff. All right. Another great quick nine. We actually got a word from our first sponsor, um, Admiral, Admiral Bantam's Brig Strength Bourbon. Beautiful. Uh, so we're going to take a 55-second pause, and we are going to let um, our sponsor have this word. Rumor has it Admiral Bartholomew Bantam single-handedly declared war on the Spanish because he wanted to see what all this tapas nonsense was about. You don't sail across the Atlantic armed with nothing more than a fistful of knuckles and a sword in your back unless you're made of different stock. That's why Admiral Bantam's brig strength bourbon isn't for just anyone. Distilled from the tears of his enemies, aged in the caskets of those he conquered, and bottled over the fire of a million suns. Bantam's Brick Strength Bourbon will put hair on your chest and a beard on your face. Your grandfather didn't storm the beaches in Normandy just so you could splash around in the kiddie pool of lesser whiskeys. So honor the memory of the fallen and pour yourself a Bantam's. Bantam's. If it were any stronger, it'd be illegal. Okay. Man, that bourbon's... That bourbon sounds good. I might have to get that for the next uh, episode six. We, we've got some Ryder Cup talk to talk about. I mean, we've got some Ryder Cup reactions, um, and there was a little controversy pre-tournament, off the course. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Danny, what happened? 
Danny Willette, um, for those of you who don't know, was on the European team, uh, recently won the Masters uh, last year, and uh, his brother, who has known to come out of nowhere ever since his, uh, Danny's had success, um, he wrote this really scathing blog post about the American team, the Ryder Cup, um, everything about American fans. He said stuff like this. Evan. Oh, here we go. They, meaning the Europeans, need oh, to silence. Hey, he's saying you people. Oh, that's not a good start. Okay, sil- go ahead. They need to silence the pudgy basement dwelling irritants Ooh. stuffed on cookie dough and Ooh. pissy beer, pausing between mouthfuls of hot dogs so they can scream babooey and <laughs> their jelly faces turn red. Oh my god. Okay, Evan, that's kind of funny <laughs> because. American fans can be a little out of control. But for him to write this, it created controversy right away. The whole team finds out about it. The media is all over it. And now Danny, Danny Roulette, the player, has a target on his back. And all this BS surrounding him when he didn't ask for it because his brother, who's just seeking attention, doesn't even, doesn't even, doesn't even play golf. I mean, I kind of felt bad for Danny because the fans were really on him pretty hard. But what did you expect? That was kind of grabbing the media's attention right away. And then, you know, but at the same time, Ev, Europe was still the favorite. They're always the favorite. You heard me on the last part train. I was expecting a European win. Why could you convince me otherwise? But that clearly wasn't the case. And then, obviously, Bubba and Tiger, vice captains. Ryan Moore got picked over Bubba Watson, and that, that proved to be a great pick. The last pick on the team, but Bubba wanted to be on the team so bad, so Davis, Captain Davis Love, made him a vice captain alongside Tiger Woods. Kind of a big deal, kind of interesting, kind of polarizing topic. They obviously killed Europe, so uh, I, I, I suppose it worked. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how much you know we can put into these vice captains, but I think America. I mean, there was just a lot of you know, for lack of a better term, lack of a better phrase, come to Jesus moments for. Americans, American golf, but can we win this Ryder Cup? This was by far, this is easily the top three golf events I've ever seen. You can make an argument that it was the best golf I've ever seen. Friday, um, showed up at the office at six in the morning, had the projector going, um, wanted to watch every shot throughout the day as best I could. Day one, USA, so this is a crazy stat. Seven of the last eight Ryder Cup winners won that first match. So wow. it's pretty well known that the, the captains are going to put their, their best guns um, out on the course first to kind of get off to a hot start. Saturday was an unbelievable day, just like Friday. I've never seen golf where so many putts were being made from everywhere. Like, it literally looked like a video game. Patrick Reed, I mean, can we talk enough about this guy? I mean, that's actually a great segue to day three. I mean, this is Sunday at the Ryder Cup. U.S. has the lead. Um, last time that happened was 2012 when we blew a four point lead, um, at Medina, your hometown, Chicago, miracle Medina heard of it. How about Rory, by the way? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So this match was like a, you remember 2008 us open between tiger and Rocco media tiger obviously had the broken leg torn ACL. Um, it was the U S open. So the playoff is an 18 hole full day competition the next day so i've always said that the tiger versus rocco monday playoff at the u.s open is the single-handed uh greatest golf i've ever watched and this day sunday at the Ryder cup 2016 was like having six 
Tiger versus Rocco matches. It was like having six Phil Mickelson versus uh, Henrik Stenson Open Championship 2016 matches. It was like having six Rocky versus Drago fights. <laughs> you know I love Rocky Four, and I still think it's the best. Rocky Four is the best. This is like six players at once hitting home runs with two strikes in the bottom of the ninth on every hole. I've never seen matches make putts from everywhere. You saw the emotion. You saw the taunting. Rory, when he made that 40-foot bomb, started going crazy. I thought he was going to strain his neck by how he was swinging his head back and forth, was yelling, come on, saying, I can't hear you to the crowd. And then Reed makes one and does that little finger shake at him. Not so fast, my friend. They did that on basically like seven holes in a row, and my mind and my brain exploded all over the living room. My girlfriend wasn't too pleased about it. But then again, it's Sunday at the Ryder Cup. There's no rules. It was unbelievable, and that carried over straight to the Phil and Sergio match, who both, by the way, shot 63s, trading birdies. Let me, uh, real quick, let me take you through the back nine of Phil versus Sergio. There's some crazy stats from that match. All right, you ready? Number 10. They both par nine. Number 10, Sergio birdies 10. Um, they both on 12, Phil birdies. Then 14, Phil birdies. 15, Phil and Sergio birdie. 16, Sergio birdies. 17, they both birdie. Unbelievable. 18, they both birdie. Have the match. It's the two veterans going at it in a way that it was unprecededented. I mean, Phil had 10 birdies, most ever. Phil ended up with 63, right? Yes, they both shot 63. Phil had 10 birdies. And by the way, Phil is 46 years old? Yeah, 46, going to be 48. He wants to play in that next Ryder Cup, too. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Phil, I think uh, we can talk about Phil. I mean, he's the modern-day Arnie. He's go, go for broke, you know, swing hard. You never know what's coming next. (laughs) <laughs> and just, I mean, you just always feel the thrill. What is your thought on having to score more points to win the Ryder Cup versus retain? I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it. Why do you like it? I think you need if you didn't if you didn't win it in the prior year, prior prior two years ago, you need to earn it. That that's not the case in any stroke play event. You, does a team that wins a World Series have to score more runs because they don't have, they're not the defending champ? This isn't baseball. <laughs> this isn't like the same teams don't match up every year. Obviously, different players match up in these Ryder Cup, but it's the same thing every year. So, and it's it's basically it's only two years removed. So, I kind of like it. It sounds like you don't. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it, honestly. I, it's like let let the players play. I don't I don't see why you have to add. Why don't you explain it a little bit to the listeners? To win the cup, you got to get 14 and a half points. Yep. To retain the cup. You got to get fourteen, right? Correct. So, if you won, if you're defending Ryder Cup winner like Europe was from 2014 at Glen Eagles in Scotland, played there. Um, <laughs> yep. Okay. You only got to get fourteen. To me, it's like it's a competition. It's new players. It's new year. You know, you got to get to you should get to the same point level every year. Um, but that's just my opinion. But side question, another one. Before we go on to some stats, because I know you love some stats. We do like stats. Why, Matt, as I've said many times before, you were a high-performing D1 college player. Let's dig deep and understand why do you think some players perform great in match play? I mean, like DJ's a great example. DJ is one of the hot, was one of the hottest players in the world, arguably, 
coming into this event. And Davis Love the Third, our captain, didn't put him in all five events. He put Spieth and Reed are the only all five events. And Spieth wasn't even playing that great. So clearly, there's a big difference between stroke play and match play. I think you can attack in a lot of ways, but if you think about great match play players, okay, if you go all the way back to Walter Hagen, he won five PGAs, and back in the 1920s, Walter, the PGA was a match play event. Walter Hagen was the showman. He was a talker. You know, he would bring women with him on the tee. He would smoke cigarettes. He, he would, he would, he had a strategy where he would give you putts throughout the, throughout the round that he wouldn't give you on the last couple holes and you'd miss them because you're not used to, you know, doing short putts the whole day. Classic Walter. So, personality, okay? Ian Poulter, the greatest European Ryder Cup player we've seen in the last 10 years, okay? Mm, he, I don't know. Sergio's a point leader now. He's brash. He's loud. He's a great putter. Um, Patrick Reed, just the Sergio. The, these guys kind of all get in your skin a little bit, don't you think? They're all kind of they're exciting. There's an there's an extra element to them. I, I think you know that plays a gamesmanship role. Yep. And I, and I think a guy like Dustin Johnson, I don't know, he doesn't get as caught up in the emotion and maybe didn't quite feed off it. So I just think some of these eccentric personalities really can add because it's a mental game and you're playing your opponent out there. And you got to find ways to get in their head and to outsmart them and outthink them. You're not just playing the course, you're playing them. And those guys just do it better than some of maybe the best players on tour, like Dustin Johnson, for example. Yep. No, I think you're right. All right. Um, Serm, we got a quick word from our, our, our next new sponsor, um, Bunt Nuts Energy Bombs. Incredible stuff. We're going to go into some stats, and then we're going to pay a tribute to Mr. Palmer. Okay? All right. Let's, let's hear a word from Bunt Nuts here. Are you tired of waking up groggy, lethargic, and confused? Do you want more energy, more focus, more fun? Hi, Travis Bunt here, owner, founder, and CEO of Bunt Nuts Energy Bombs, the all-natural hyper-organic snack medley designed to keep you going. With more caffeine than six cups of coffee and three times the FDA-recommended daily allowance of sugar, Bunt Nuts Energy Bombs are a tasty and dangerous way to add that extra jolt to focus in the middle of your day. With flavors like Original, Texas Roadhouse Barbecue, Sour Cream and Funyun, Teriyaki Beef Bowl, and introducing our newest flavor, Bullets. There's bound to be a Bent Nuts Energy Bomb for you. So stop wasting time watching your life slip slowly from your cold and broken grasp and reach for a pack of Bunt Nuts Energy Bombs. Bunt Nuts, we promise it's not speed. Wow. Eight cups of coffee worth of caffeine in those things. Um, that's That sounds like some good stuff. Uh, all right, let's dive into some stats, um, and we got to jump into... Um, Tributing our one of our favorite players of all time, Mr. Palmer. Um, pick pick one of your favorite stats from this weekend, sir. I really go back to the Phil and Sergio match. Yeah, um, <laughs> they combined for 19 birdies, including 10 from Phil. Um, you know, it was Phil's 11th career singles match, um, tying with Arnold Palmer. I was just I can't get over what Phil did because it reminded me of him in the British Open this year um, when he lost to Henrik Stenson in the last round. I mean, he just kept making birdies. So, but Sergio as well. 19 birdies between them. What about you? Isn't that fitting? Mickelson now ties a record held by Mr. Palmer himself. I actually found it fascinating that the team who wins the Sunday singles matches has won the seven of eight Ryder Cups since 2002. I mean, it makes sense. There's the most points out there. Um, but that just puts the, the magnitude of what Sunday singles are. And then, obviously, we're now 
the USA is now 17 and four all time in the event on home soil, which, you know, was a different narrative than what we've been used to in the last decade where it's usually Europe winning. So it's just another reminder that at home we're actually, you know, got a pretty good record, but you know, we need to carry this momentum and this team atmosphere and this team mentality into Paris come 2018. I think it's a telling stat. I think, you know, Americans don't play as much on European soil as Europeans do play on American soil. Yep. And I think that tells a story. We're, we're great historically at home. We struggle on the road. Yep. It's just it's a momentum shifter out there. Those individual matches. Hey, what do you say we tribute, Mister Palmer? I don't know. I want to talk more stats. Let's talk, Arnie. I'm kidding. Actually, speaking of stats, how about facts? So, Arnold Palmer was a winner of over 90 golf tournaments and was actually the first person to make one million dollars playing golf. 1967, I think you reached that feat. Yep. So he won seven majors. He had handwritten responses to all his fans, never turned down an autograph. Um, for 17 years, he won one tournament, which I believe is still a record uh, to this day. 1955 and 1971, one tournament, at least one tournament every year. Every year. year. That span. That's, that's incredible. And then what was his, uh, what was his quote? Well, I, I, his, his, Arnie's dad was, 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 a, was a golf pro, and he learned – and he learned everything from his dad from a golf perspective. And all he told Arnie, his dad told Arnie was, pick a target, son, and swing as hard as you can. And honestly, that's what Arnie was about, the go-for-broke mentality. And it made him so much fun to watch. He was totally fearless. He was such a competitor. And, you know, we talked about Phil a lot. And Phil Nicholson is kind of in the modern-day, you know, style of adopting that. So people knew Arnie. for He would always go for it and to he would take the risk no matter what. And sometimes he would win, sometimes he would lose. But it's kind of what you think when you think about Arnold Palmer. But, but Ev, I mean, as amazing of a golfer as he was, seven majors, you know, and all those tournaments, he was this gigantic figure in the business world, in the golf design world. I mean, throw some stats at us. So he built a financial empire with endorsements. So net worth of apparently $675 million, designed <laughs> over 300 courses. And a lot of people don't know, he was a co-founder of Golf Channel. Ev, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And kind of going, some funny things about, you read about Arnie, you know, fortunately now that he's passed, but these old stories, he used to talk trash to Ben Hogan. Hogan made a comment, you know, in the late 50s, they, they, he didn't think he was that good. He went out and beat him that week, and he said, just never liked Ben Hogan. I mean, Ben Hogan was the greatest golfer before Arnie. Um, Roger Maris and him were at a Sports Illustrated um, athletes convention dinner, and Maris goes to Arnie, what are you doing here? You're not an athlete. 61. Golfers aren't athletes. And he just basically told him to just, you know, F you. And like, but, but Arnie made golf popular. He made it mainstream. He got it on television. Yep. In the 60s. Um, and, you know, honestly, I've, we've all heard it, but Arnie's Army. So a lot of people have heard Arnie's Army is basically describing, you know, his undeniably supportive fan base. Um, but a lot of people don't know where that came from. So it actually originated in, in the 58 Masters where soldiers from a nearby Army base attended um, in Augusta, Georgia, and nearly all of them supported Palmer. Um, so many were holding homemade signs to show their support and the, the name Arnie's army basically stuck. So pretty cool stuff that it actually came from soldiers, uh, and near my base. 
everybody was drawn to him. And you mentioned that once, uh, once that in 1960, he first you know, got for to make a million bucks. To go along with that, he was the first modern-day athlete to have an agent back in the 60s. So the golfer, he was the great golfer, but he was this athlete, celebrity figure um, until the day he died. And, and crazy enough, he needed that agent because I was blown away by this, but apparently last year in 2015, uh, he made $40 million. Um, and was on ranked third on the Forbes 2016 list. So the guy, it pays to have your own drink and uh, a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, God rest his soul. And I got to say real quick before we move on to things to look out for, for our listeners and kind of conclude episode five of the par train. Got one of my favorite Arnie quotes, what other people may find in poetry or art museums. I find in the flight of a good drive. (laughs) <laughs> and I got to say, I 100% agree. Feel it in your hands and into your heart. Uh, that, is a, that is a great quote. And a, any golfer of any ability can relate. Really. Yeah. Love, love it. The king, man. What a guy. Unbelievable. I'm going to be drinking, I'm, I'm drinking Arnold Palmer's for the next month. Yeah, I mean, I'm finishing my whiskey Arnold Palmer right now. And it's delicious, by the way. I never tried it before. Um, I might make that a thing. Right. Maybe I'll make that a thing for the next month as well. well but would, hey. But okay. You know our listeners love when we give them something to look out for, and you know we're big music buffs, so why don't you go ahead and let them know a new song you've been listening to, and then maybe something to look out for. Uh, Songs, I mean, we're big Spotify guys. Honestly, I feel like I'm in college again. Kings of Leon are back. They're putting singles out you know, on Spotify right now. I used to love them with my buddy Jack. On Missouri State golf team, they got a tune called "Waste a Moment." It's like it's like "Sex on Fire." Part <laughs> really, it, it's a it's a rocker. So Kings of Leon, the new album's coming. Check them out. And something to look out for. Oh, and saw the John Daly documentary. The, excuse me, the trailer for the John Daly Thirty for Thirty on ESPN. Called "Hit It Hard Today." Basically, wow. a, a tell all of John Daly's life about the sex, drugs, major championships, gambling. I mean. That is going to be entertaining. I'm not sure. It's coming. I think it's going to be airing soon. I'm not sure what day, next couple of weeks, but it's going to be entertaining, folks. That's, that's a great one. That's going to be great. 30 for 30, John Daly. Those are always great. I got to say, I've been on this pop kick lately, and on my Discover Weekly this morning, I listened to a guy named Colton Avery. Only 55,000 monthly listeners, so this guy is a, an up-and-comer. Um, Colton Avery. C-O-L-T-O-N-A-V-E-R-Y. The song is called Beg, Steal, and Borrow. The voice, it, it's pretty incredible. Wow. Um, 55,000, huh? Yeah, it's, it's been great stuff. Listen to it a few times today. You know I like to repeat a song. Once I find a good one, puts me in that zone um, at the workplace and on the course. But something to look out for. I got a few things for our listeners, okay? Number one, if you haven't installed the Honey plugin, Google Honey plugin or Honey Chrome plugin. This thing is unbelievable. So I'm I'm known for impulsive buys online, especially with golf gear. You go to your cart when you're buying something online, and then automatically, you don't need to click anything. It simultaneously finds and tests ten plus promo codes um, to give cool. you an automatic discount anytime you're buying something online. It's a freaking dream. Wow! Um, did it the other day. Impressive. What'd you What'd you buy? Like a, a actually, I bought a new Vice Golf hat. Um, if you haven't heard of them, Vice Golf um, is a European company that basically creates awesome golf apparel 
um, and hats. And I got a, a Ryder Cup hat that kind Look of. Look at you, just plugging companies. I love it. Yeah, so Vice Golf and Crisp Golf. Um, Crisp Golf, C R I S P Golf, is another company that's very similar to Vice that has some awesome stuff. It has um, just some really great original gear that if you're a golf nut, you got to check them out. Um, great stuff, great quality, and fun new apparel. So it's good stuff. Ev, can I give you one more quick thing to look out for for the listeners? Let's do it. The Cubs begin their road to the World Series this Friday. Oh, October my dear God. 7th. So we're excited. The Cardinals aren't. They're not in. So, Cubbies, you're rooting for them. I know you are. So First look time out in six for years, Cardinals huh? aren't in it. Yep. Nice shout out. I'm, I'm glad you uh, threw that in there. I had um, to get in. You know what? On that note, Matt, to tribute the king, Mr. Palmer himself, let's close out this episode with a little special um, that our friends at the Golf Channel put together that really encompasses um, some of Arnold's greatest quotes um, and lessons. Let's let this one fade out with a tribute um, to the king himself, Mr. Palmer. Cheers to the king. Cheers to the king. If you think you're beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, don't. If you'd like to win but think you can't, it's almost a cinch you won't. If you think you'll lose, you've lost. For out in the world we find success being with a fellow's will, it's all in the state of mind. If you think you're outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But soon or late, the man who wins is the one who thinks he can.